people in America are more unhappy now than they've been in nearly 50 years. The bold yet unsurprising conclusion comes from the COVID response tracking study conducted by the National Opinion Research Center at the University of Chicago. The study which was conducted in June of 2020 revealed that only 14% of Americans are truly satisfied with their quality of life in which they are living down from 31% in just 2018. Brandon Eastman is a man on a mission to help all of us be better. Brandon's the founder of Be Better Industries, which is dedicated to helping individuals, both personally and professionally, strengthen their mindset and achieve their goals, while coaching them to operate at a peak performance. Eastman joined me this week to tell me all about the five areas of our lives which are most affected to help us operate at our maximum potential both in business and our personal lives. I'm Kevin McShan, led to this conversation. Fantastic. So, Brandon, if you're ready, I'll welcome you to the program. I'll wish you a happy Monday, and I'm excited to talk to you about strengthening mindsets and achieving goals this morning. Great to see you uh, this Monday morning, and thanks for being here. Great to see you too, my friend. I'm excited to dive right into things. Absolutely. So, Brandon, my first question for you is how do you define uh, self-mastery? Because I know uh, that's what you're all about with your uh, uh, your uh, endeavors there. So tell me, how do you uh, define self-mastery? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. It's a big question because self-mastery is really different for each person. And, and I'll explain what I mean by that. For me, I discovered the word and the term self-mastery six, seven years ago, right? I was 21 years old. And for years and years and years, I had focused on one area of my life, Kevin, one area, which was money. How much money can I make? How great can I perform at work so that I can be top of the leaderboard? I I grew up in sales. So I've always been in the sales world. And at the expense of earning a ton of money, my fitness took the backseat, right? I was extremely overweight. I was unhappy with my life as a result of my fitness. I had a very disempowering self-image. Whenever I looked in the mirror, I wasn't happy with who I saw. And that downward spiral of negative emotions affected my relationships. It it affected my spirituality. It affected my finances. Even though I was making a lot of money, 
I was spending all of it. Right. So I had not understood the concept of self mastery because what self mastery means to me and to answer your question is not just focusing on one area of life and ignoring all the other ones. Self mastery for me is acknowledging and being aware of what is the one key area of life out of the five, your emotions, your physical body, your finances, your spirituality, and your relationships. What is the one area that is holding all of the other ones back? And for me, that was fitness. And I had to do something about it. And I did. And it took me six months to a year in order to make great strides and make progress. But once I started to focus on all of the areas of my life so that they can work together in harmony, that's when everything really changed for me. And that's where my personal definition of self-mastery comes from. And uh, you mentioned this in your first answer. How do you think that correlates to creating a powerful uh, self-image and how you feel about yourself? That is a great question. And self-image is one of those things, right? Where I remember back in high school, I was very skinny at one point. I was 17 years old. I always struggled with my weight throughout my entire life. And when I was 17, I finally was able to lose the weight, right? I was finally able to look, quote unquote, look the way that I wanted to look. But whenever I looked into the mirror, I still wasn't happy with myself, right? Only looking back now, do I see that I was actually in a better physical state. Only looking back, can I see that I was actually the size that I wanted to be. But in the moment, I would look at myself in the mirror, even though I was a skinny guy, I would still see myself as overweight. I would still be disappointed with myself. And I believe that self-image is really whatever you curate it to be, right? You're a journalist. You speak with so many different people on so many different interesting topics. Kevin, if you didn't see yourself as a journalist, it would be a lot more difficult for you to have amazing conversations with people. But in your self-image, correct me if I'm wrong, in your self-image, you identifying and linking yourself as a journalist allows you to have these powerful conversations with people. And it allows you to ask powerful questions. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it uh, inspires the grind to be a journalist. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the thing about that is because you identify as that, it leads you to take specific actions. And the point of what I'm saying is, if you look at yourself in the mirror and you're not happy with what you see, what would you rather see instead? And the big question here is, what plan do you have? You, you started the show by talking about how people are less happy now than they have been in the last 50 years. And I hadn't seen that statistic, but it makes a lot of sense with the way that the world is and the, and the social climate right now. And it goes with self-image. Self-image is a big part of that. And let me tell you, the first way to change and to intentionally curate your self-image is to have a plan, right? It's to know what is the image that you want to create? Who is it that you want to be? Because once you decide that you want to be a journalist, once you decide that you want to have powerful conversations, once you decide that you want to have strong relationships or earn a lot of money or look a specific way, the actions that you take as a result will be very different once you decide on what that self-image looks like in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much uh, for sharing that. And you also tell me that there are, are five key area, areas where we 
we all have to look at, at when we talk about creating image or life that we want to live. So I'm wondering if you can tell me about that. Yeah, absolutely. So the five key areas, I talk about them in my book, Be Extraordinary, Your Guide to Self-Mastery. And it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. The key areas are your emotions, right? How do you feel throughout your day? What are the different emotions that you're experiencing as you're making your way throughout the day? And the reason I talk about emotions first is because if you're experiencing more disempowering emotions than powerful emotions, as an example, if you're going through your day and you're not feeling great most of the time, right? You're feeling down, you're feeling sad, you're feeling anxious, you might even be feeling depressed. The more you experience a particular feeling, the more of that same feeling you attract and bring to yourself in your world. Like when I was overweight, I would constantly have feelings of anxiety. I'd have feelings of depression. I'd have feelings that I wasn't enough. And those feelings compounded and cascaded even more of those same emotions back at me. So I talk about emotions first, while I don't think that it's the same area that everyone should focus, focus on at the beginning. I talk about emotions because our emotions curate our entire life. The second one I talk about is your physical body. I talk about physical mastery. And this is the area that I began with, right? It's different for everybody. Some other people might start with emotions. I started with my physical body, which changed all the other ones as a result. Then we move to your finances because, I mean, the reality is you need a specific level of income in order to do the things that you want to do. In my opinion, a ton of money is great depending on what you want to do with it, right? Money simply amplifies who we are. But imagine if you never had to worry about money again. Imagine if you had enough to the point where you could live your purpose, you could do all the other amazing things you wanted to do, you could live your ideal lifestyle, and you'd still have enough to help other people, which leads us to relationships, which is the fourth key area. Who are the people that you spend the most time around, right? Are they conducive to your growth? Are they the people that you want to spend time around? Do they charge your battery? Do they drain your battery, your emotional battery, and your energetic battery is what I'm mentioning here. And then we have your spirituality right? What is your sense of source? And when I say that, what is it that you believe in that gives you that sense of power, that sense of faith, that sense of if you follow the process, even if you don't see results at first, how will you power through knowing that you will see results in the long run? So in short, Kevin, I know I kind of broke each one down there. It's your emotions, your physical body, your finances, your relationships, and your spirituality. If one is out of balance, it's going to impact all of the other ones. So where I would recommend everyone listening right now to look is ask yourself, which of these five key areas is weighing down all of the other ones? For me, it was my fitness. For others, it's finances. For some, it's their relationships. And for others, they have no faith, right? They have no source. They have no spirituality. So it's different for every person, depending on your life at this time. Yeah. I always tell people that everyone's portrait of success is differently and we all have to define it for ourselves. Right. So I can relate in that sense. And Brad, in my follow up to uh, your five keys to living a successful life is this, how do you think we can create a sustainable uh, fulfillment so that we can reach our peak level of performance. Let's talk about that because that seems to be an epidemic of itself in today's age. 
where I know a lot of people, I work with a lot of sales teams mainly, and just a lot of people whose performance is driven by by their emotional state and, and what they're doing each day. And what I found is we are unhappiest when we are bored. We are least happy when we have no plan. We are least fulfilled when we have no purpose or vision that we're working towards. So for me, I was least happy when I was, like I mentioned, 21 years old, working in a sales company. I had no plan for what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to make a lot of money and I did that. So what's next, right? I had no goals for my life, no plan. And Kevin, the reality is 97% of people in today's world have no written goals for what it is they want to achieve. If you went outside right now and asked everybody, what do you want in your life right now? Most people would have no answer to that. Most people would say, they would ask a question back at you. They'd say, well, what do you mean by that? Right? The happiest people, and happy is one of those words. It's really hard to define what that means. Again, it means something different to everybody. But the people who are happiest with their own emotional state at any moment in time generally have an idea of what they want to accomplish. And these individuals, they're not just working 24 hours a day out of the 24 hours that we have, right? They simply are making steps in the direction that will bring them to where they want to go. Tony Robbins was a huge influence for me, right? And Tony Robbins says, progress is happiness. Making steps towards an end goal is what makes us feel the best. And the reason why a lot of us aren't experiencing this happiness and success is because we we aren't defining what this end goal is. Like for me, one of my visions that I have is I want to speak to thousands of people. I want to host events where I bring in incredible people like you to speak with the audience, to, to give everyone strategies and practical advice that can help them to change their situation now. And I know that's going to be a reality because I do things every day that will bring me closer to that realization. But if I didn't have that goal, Kevin, I wouldn't be nearly as fulfilled with what it is I'm doing. So to answer it in a nutshell, if you want to transform your life, if you truly want things to change for you, you first have to define what the end goal looks like, what the vision looks like. And if you say, well, Brandon, Kevin, I'm not quite sure what that is. Ask yourself, what do you want an ideal day for you to look like? Five years from now, 10 years from now, when you wake up, what do you want a day to look like? What do you want it to involve? What people do you want to spend it with? Who do you want to serve and who do you want to help? And once you know what that ideal vision looks like, you can deconstruct it to figure out what the needle movers are, what the things and the actions are that will actually move you closer to that realization. Like, let me ask you, Kevin, you speak to so many different people. You hear so many interesting stories. You help and reach a lot of people. What's the vision and the plan that you have for yourself? Well, Brandon, it's funny you should ask that. Well, my five-year plan is uh, to eventually host a national talk show. So I wake up every morning excited to have uh, conversations with you and building my journalism brand. But 
my five-year goal is to host a national talk show. So I, I wake up every morning excited to uh, create new uh, connections and have uh, diversified conversations with a whole bunch of different people. You know, one of the reasons I wanted to start the, uh, the YouTube channel and the podcast in the first place is to demonstrate my uh, journalism diversity. So I hope during uh, the last year and a half uh, that I've done that, you know, we're almost at uh, 300 episodes for the podcast. So I always uh, tell people I don't um, ask them to do something that I wouldn't want to do myself. So I try to live my life through the prism of inclusion is the gateway to independence. And that's sort of uh, an inside look at how I live my life. So there you go. I think that's an absolutely incredible answer. So first off, I know you're going to get there. Second, it, who knows if it will even take five years with the trajectory that you're on right now, my friend. And the last thing that I want to touch on that you said is you wake up every day happy and excited to do the things that will bring you closer to that goal. And that is my point exactly. When you have an end goal, when you have a plan and a vision, you wake up feeling different. You feel different because you know that included in this new day are going to be steps that will make your vision that much more real to you. And when you know what you want, you can escape this rat race of not making progress. When you know what you want, you can actually start to feel good about you, about the progress you're making, because it's not reaching the goal that makes us feel good. It's the journey along the way that truly is what feels the best, at least in my own experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I've been fascinated to ask you this question all morning because I, I, I'm speaking from a personal experience when uh, I ask you this, you know, so many professionals today, they want to be productive and sometimes they pour themselves into a job and then they're burned out and not fulfilled. So how do you think the correlation between burnout, productivity and fulfillment is sort of interconnected? And how do you think we can manage that as well? There's a couple different answers that I have for this because I went through this myself especially before I moved up into leadership of the company that I worked with. Like I said, I was earning a lot of money, but I was just in sales, right? The only people I were helping were my customers. I was able to escape this feeling of burnout that you mentioned once I started to help other people succeed. Once I realized I was pretty great in sales, I've always been a talker. I've always loved to help people. I've always loved to teach people. I, I wanted to be an English teacher to give you an idea when I was younger. And once I started helping other people to do what it is I was good at, I started to come to work with a renewed sense of purpose. I started to take my attention off of just me doing well to taking my attention to then helping other people to do well. And it's actually what led me to our conversation right now in the first place. I wouldn't be here if I didn't become a trainer in that sales company. The reason being, me training other people and finding purpose inside of the company that I worked with led me to want to help people outside of my company. I started to see people get results. 
they started to earn more money, but they also started to live a better life overall and achieve their own version of self-mastery. So I said to myself, I want to do this for people outside the company. And I started to do that. Two and a half years ago, I started to make YouTube videos. I started to have conversations like these. I started to put myself out there as nerve wracking and as scary and uncomfortable as that was. I wasn't always like this. I didn't always have this amount of animation. I didn't always have this quote unquote, well-spoken ability, right? It's a skill that's been honed over the years. Just like your ability to ask great questions is a skill that you honed. Your ability to speak concisely and succinctly is a skill that you've honed. It's not something that you've always done. So the first answer is to avoid that burnout in the corporate world or inside any company, find purpose in the role that you're in. And you can find purpose in any role that you're in If you do the second part of this answer, which is when you are consistently being challenged is when you are at your peak, when you are consistently being put outside of your comfort zone in your, your current structure, whether that's a company, corporate, your own business, whatever it might be, when you're growing is when you're experiencing the most fulfillment because you're being challenged and you're growing as a human being. If you've been doing the same job for five years, for 10 years, for 15 years, and it's just clockwork for you now, and you dread going into the office, you dread going into work, I don't blame you. It's because you haven't been challenged. You've been doing the same things. What is something that you could incorporate into your day that would bring a level of uncertainty, that would bring some challenge. Because what I think you'll find and what I challenge you to do is to incorporate more challenges into your everyday life. And that might involve speaking with a manager. It might involve speaking with your boss and saying, hey, I want more. I want to do more. It doesn't mean I want to get paid more. It just means I want to personally be challenged to do more so that I can grow and become more valuable. And let me tell you, if your boss looks back at you and says, sorry, I got nothing for you, then find somewhere else. But I can tell you this, I doubt that that's the answer that they'll have. And once they know that you want to grow, once they know that you want to be challenged, they're going to help you to do that, especially if you're working under a strong leader who wants to help you. So answer number one, find purpose in the work you're doing. That generally comes in the form of helping other people. Answer number two is find a way to challenge yourself more each day. Absolutely. You know, uh, as you were saying that, I kept saying in my head that growing is progress, right? If you grow, you're making progress towards a goal. Absolutely. So, so Brandon, as you're, you know, I have an extensive background in inclusive employment for people with disabilities. So I'm also uh, curious to get your thoughts on the importance of inclusion when it comes to employment for folks with disabilities and how we can uh, foster a more inclusive environment in the workforce. First of all, I think you're doing an absolute incredible job with everything you're doing in order to move that agenda and move the needle forward there. Second, well, yeah, you. of course, you know, my pleasure. And that's genuinely heartfelt. The, the, answer that I would have, and it's not really an answer as it is an observation through working with over a thousand different people, whether it's a disability, whether it's a learning impairment, whether it's personal challenges that they've gone through, right? And I, I, I stepped away from that word a bit of disability because I believe that instead, 
we're all differently abled, right? We're not disabled, we're differently abled. And when I say that, I say that from a place of every single person listening to this right now, you listening, you have something about you that is unique. And I want you to think about it right now because you know what this is. You know this thing about you that you've been great at since you were a child. Something that you might've even gotten in trouble for when you were younger. Something that has always come easily to you. Something that you could ask your friend, hey, what is it that you like about me? What is it about me that's special? It might be, well, Kevin, you're a great listener. Well, Kevin, you're, you're, you're a compassionate individual. Kevin, you care. You're a great speaker. You're a great listener. You ask great questions. You're a great problem solver. You're great with building relationships. We all have one thing, maybe two or even three things, but one thing especially that we're exceptionally good at, whether you are disabled, differently abled, a learning impairment. A lot of people that I've worked with have said to me, Brandon, I have ADHD. And a lot of those individuals say, that ADHD is my superpower. If I didn't have that, I wouldn't have accomplished the things that I've accomplished in my life. So to answer your question in a nutshell, every person out there, regardless of background, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of their place in society or their disabilities, everybody is valuable in some way. And from a place of employment, you have to, as a leader, as a manager, place these individuals in a role that brings out this shining light in this individual. Like for you, I would never have you in a role where you weren't speaking with people and bringing out the good in people and bringing out answers in people and hope in people that they didn't even know that they had inside because that's a strength that you have yourself through the years of experience that you've done this. But I can guarantee, Kevin, would you agree when I say a part of what you do has always been with you since you were a young child? Well, yeah. To add to that, I, I'll simply say this. When I talk to employers about infusing uh, people with disabilities in the workforce, I tell them that there's no 50% off policy when you have a disability, <laughs> right? You can't w w wake up one day and get 50% uh, off having a disability. So for me, it's been a lifelong journey of inclusion is the gateway to independence because I think when you give people uh, with a disability a job, you provide them with, with not only a financial independence and, and, and security, but you also provide them with a sense of belonging and inclusion in societal life, which I think is important when we talk about uh, uh, moving forward the discussion on uh, discourse in society. Well said. Yep. Brilliantly said. And when you put these individuals and include them in a role where their skills are highlighted, that is where that person will shine. That is where they'll be challenged. And that is where they will find the, mo the most fulfillment in their work. Yeah, absolutely. And Brandon, I'm curious to ask you about your background in sales and how that fuels the work that you do today. Absolutely. You know, I, I mentioned a little bit about it when I said that 
when I moved up into leadership and helped other people in sales, it's really led me to where I am in my business right now. But it goes back to that natural ability. I've always been a talker. I've always loved to teach people. And I believe that sales is a form of education, right? If you're not educating someone on the product or the service they're about to buy, then they're not going to be very interested in it. And this is what I found. And this is the thing about sales, Kevin. Every single person listening right now, you are selling every single day of your life. You're selling your viewpoint. You're selling your opinion. You're selling other people on paying attention to you while you speak with them. You're selling your significant other on which restaurant you should go to for the night, which is quite possibly one of the most difficult sales of all, right? We're all selling every day of our life and sales isn't this dirty thing that has been brought up in our culture to be. We think of a salesperson, what do you think of, right? You think of sleazy, you think of fast talking, you think of shady, you think of commission, you think of someone trying to pull a fast one on you. But the thing about sales is, sales is simply a transfer of enthusiasm from one person to another. That's all. And enthusiasm is energy, right? And we are beings of energy. We are created of energy. So when you're around other people, you are transferring energy to them and you are also drawing energy from them to you. This is why when you meet people, some people think about this. Have you ever met somebody where you met them and you said to yourself immediately, wow, I really like this person. Just something about them sticks out to me. Something about them vibes with me. I get a really good feeling about this person, right? But there's also people you meet where you immediately say to yourself, hmm, I don't know about this person. I don't know if this is someone I'd want to spend a lot of time around, right? So sales is this innate part of us that we all have and that we all use every single day. And really the way that you listening, even if you're not in a sales job, the way that you can strengthen your ability to sell is by greater understanding human nature, right? And the biggest thing about people is people are always wondering one thing, Kevin. People are always thinking, what's in it for me, right? And I've taken that and I've shifted it to what's in it for we? How can we help each other? How can I serve you? And how can we use each other's unique abilities to help each other to reach a common vision, to help reach more people? Whenever I talk to anybody who's looking to increase greater good for people and reach more people, I'm always curious, how can I help you to do that? Because my overall mission is, like I mentioned earlier, to reach thousands of people. So sales has led me to this place And unknowingly, it's helped me realize that every single thing that we do is a sale and every single person listening can benefit from understanding the laws of sales to a greater extent. And I I hope that answers your question. It certainly does. And it leads nicely into my next question is, Brandon, we've known each other for about two and a half weeks now. And every time I have a chance to talk to you, your passion for life uh, shines through. And I know uh, that it hasn't always been that way as you shared earlier. So I'm wondering, where does your passion for living life come from? And what excites you about getting up every day? Well, thanks for asking me that. I think it comes back to what you said earlier, actually, before we recorded I I asked you how you were doing and you said, well, I woke up today and I was alive and that excited me. And that shines true in how I think too. And let me, I think it's very important. While it might seem that I'm energetic, while it might seem that I have this passion for life, that I'm positive for life, I think it's really important to say that there are times 
sometimes every day where I don't feel that way. Right. And I'm sure you can relate to this. There's times where I don't want to go outside. There's times where I don't want to go socialize with people. There's times where I don't want to get on the Zoom call or go to this networking event or give this live presentation. There's times where I'm not feeling it. And it's not more often than not, but it can happen every single day. But I've trained myself to have this passion for life. And I think a big part of why I wake up every day with this passion now is because I know what I want. I know what my plan is, right? And my plan is to positively reach millions of people to help them to live a better life. So I ask myself every day, how can I do this? What is one thing I can do today that will move me closer to this being a realization? And for everyone listening, do this with your goal too. What is it that you wake up excited to do? What is one thing that you can do today that will move you closer? Because it's not what you do in a month. It's what you do every single day that results in what that month looks like. So for me, my mission is what keeps me going. And I was talking to my wife the other day and she has very different priorities than me, right? She sees her family more than I see my family. And she spends her days off with her family. I spend my days off growing my business and moving towards my mission. And it's a conscious choice that I make. I could choose to do a lot of other things. And I think choice is the most, is the most powerful superpower that we have. Every second we're choosing what we're doing. You chose to click on this video or click on this podcast today and listen. You chose to eat the foods that you ate. You chose to talk to the people that you talked to. What can you choose that will lead you to your vision that will excite you when you wake up every single day. You really just have to take a mental inventory on what makes you happy. What activities make you happy? What vision makes you happy? Figure that out and pour so much time into those things. And it's almost impossible that you won't be more happy than not. But I think, again, it's, imp it's important to understand you're not going to wake up every day feeling that way. And I haven't met one person who still wakes up every day feeling that way. Yeah, you just talked about choice. So I'm, uh, I'm going to frame my next question this way. That you've chosen to uh, live your life to impact people. So I'm curious, Brandon, to ask you, what's the one lesson you've want people to take away from your work when it comes to maximizing uh, productivity, both professionally and personally, and being happy as well? The lesson that I would share actually comes from a past partner of mine that I worked with. His name was Rob. And Rob was an inspiration for me. He was several years older than me and he was successful in sales. He was my partner. So we were the same position, but I looked up to him. And if you're watching this, Rob, I respect you and I celebrate you. And Rob had a motto for his life where he said, every single day, strive to be 1% better than the day you were before, than who you were before the day before. Blech. Be 1% better every single day is the message there. And I said to myself, well, 1% every day doesn't seem like a lot. That seems very doable. And at that time, I wanted to improve with my presentation skills. I wanted to improve with my speaking. And I said, is it realistic that I can improve in this 1% each day? And the answer was, of course, right? So I started to consciously focus and choose 
to give more presentations, to join organizations like Toastmasters, to join organizations like the National Speaker Association. And the overarching message that I'm sharing here is you don't have to look at your goal and your vision and see it as this giant thing that's pie in the sky that's so far away. Instead, simply focus on getting better 1% each day. Take that lesson that I took away from Rob. Every day, what can you do to simply just be 1% better than the person you were the day before? 1% each day is the message that I would share, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I always tell people that uh, everyone's portrait of success is different, right? And we have to define it for ourselves. So I agree there. And I'm curious to also ask you, Brandon, when you look at your life and the trajectory of your life, what ways are are you still personally uh, challenging yourself to get better every day? Wow. So first, I got to commend you for being an awesome host and asking great questions because you, you've you asked me questions I've never been asked before. And the one thing that there's, I mean, there's a lot of different answers there. And I actually was talking, I, I have a group called the Be Better Bootcamp, which is a group where I lead people through a six-week experience to be 1% better every single day. Because think about this, if you're 1% better every single day, where are you going to be after six weeks? You're going to be 42% better after just 42 days, right? So what I do every single day is what I've already mentioned to you. How can I grow today by 1% so that 42 days later, I'm 42% better. One year later, I'm 365% better. And let me tell you, the number one, if I had to give you a practical strategy that I use, I don't leave the house before going through my morning ritual. And I know some people have just heard that and they're like, oh, here we go. Another morning ritual. He's going to tell me to wake up at 5 a.m. No, I'm not going to recommend that. All I'm going to recommend to you is take some time for you before you give all of your time to the world. Before you give time to your company or even your business or even your family. Give some time for you in the morning, uninterrupted time where you can grow yourself, where you can do whatever it is that you enjoy doing. And one thing I advise you not to do is when you give yourself this 30 minutes in the morning, an hour, I give myself two hours every single day before I do anything. And that two hours consists of things like my gratitude journal, my own form of meditation, reading a book. I told you earlier, I'm doing, I'm on a challenge called 75 hard where you read 10 pages of a nonfiction book every single day. And every single day before I leave the house, I've centered my emotional state. I've primed myself for my day. I've meditated and I've learned something. So that drastically helps me to improve by 1% each day. And if I had to sum this up into one sentence, take time for you each day before you give time to the world because you are the most important. You can't help other people until you can help and give time to yourself. Totally agree. You know, I um, had lost myself a little bit in the last job that I had. I had given myself to this job and the returns on that investment were minimal. And one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast was Journalism is sort of 
I I view communicate communications as my superpower. And for about a year and a half, I had focused on some other things, and I had sort of been lost in the wilderness in terms of finding my own center. Um, so I totally agree that uh, people have to sort of prioritize what's important to them. I tell people all the time that we make time for the priorities that are important to us. So finding a, a time for yourself, even if it's a 10 to 30 minutes, you know, having podcast conversations is also my way of socially interacting with people uh, because, you know, uh, because of my disability, sometimes my social life yeah, I don't want to say suffers, but takes a hit because I'm not able to um, get out as freely as as uh, other people. So I view this medium and talking to you as sort of my social outlet as well. So I, I, I agree that um, finding time for ourselves is important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I love how you said that because you knew what you wanted, which was to improve in your communications. And you then maybe even subconsciously asked yourself, well, how can I do that, right? If I'm not getting out and talking to people as much, then how can I get into a situation where I can speak with people? And here you are nearly at 300 episodes with 300 different people meeting more people than most people who are completely able to get out there and network. And you're doing it more with this quote unquote disability right? So you found a way, but you only found a way because you knew what you wanted. Uh, clarity of purpose is very important, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. So Brandon, tell me about the podcast that you host, the Be Better broadcast, and the book that you wrote. I'm fascinated to learn about both. Yeah, sure. So I'll start with the broadcast. So I, I host a podcast called the Be Better Broadcast. Which you can will find be on the, next week. So I'm excited yes, about that. You definitely want to tune in next week, guys. I believe it's uh we'll 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 post the link to our, our chat later because I don't have the day off the top of my head. But you can find it live when it airs Mondays and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel. If you just search Brandon Eastman, you'll find it. Or you can go to my my page on Facebook, Brandon Eastman. I also host it live there as well. And if you're not able to catch it live, no worries. It's on all podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on my YouTube channel where we, we post the episodes afterwards. And I'm really excited to talk with you on that, Kevin. Yeah, I can't wait to next week. So, uh, tell me about the book as well there, buddy. Sure. So the book is called Be Extraordinary, Your Guide to Self-Mastery. And I wrote this a few years ago for, for one main reason. A lot of people were asking me, Brandon, you went from 260 pounds to 190 pounds. How did you do that? And I was answering the same question over and over and over. So I said to myself, well, how can I take this strategy as well as all the other strategies that I've used in my life, whether it's emotions, finances, relationships, and how can I compress this into a way where I can just hand people a book when they ask me this question? So I wrote the book. And it's a very short book. It's only 100 pages. It's broken up into five chapters, all about the five key areas of life. And this is what I'd recommend. If you go to BeBetterIndustries.com slash book, you can download a free digital copy of Be Extraordinary. And I challenge you to flip to the chapter that makes the most sense for you in your life right now. If that's your emotions, 
go to chapter one. If it's your physical body, go to chapter two. If you're, if it's your finances, go to that chapter. And the same thing for relationships and spirituality, go to the chapter that makes the most sense for you in your life right now, read it. It'll take you 10 minutes to read the chapter and take the challenge at the end of each chapter. It's a seven day challenge at the end of each chapter. When you follow this challenge that I, that I pose to you at the end of each chapter, you will be different at the end of those seven days than when you began. So that's the book, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. And Brandon, tell me, how do you define fun? And how do you think that will correlate to the legacy legacy you want to leave, Bonnie? Fun to me, great question, by the way. I got to think about that. I have the most fun when I'm helping other people find breakthroughs in their own life. And when I'm helping other people to have a different perspective, which then causes them to do different things and get different results. I experience the most happiness when other people are happy. And I've been obsessed with this over the past decade now, really over the past five, six years since I've made these changes myself. And I think that's going to contribute to my legacy because I'm 27 years old right now. By the time I die, when I'm old, hopefully I'm old by that time, when I'm older, I want to be able to look back and say, I did all that I could in order to be my best self and in order to reach as many people as possible. I want to look back when I'm 80 or 90, or I was talking to my wife, Bree, yesterday. I mean, for people our age, Kevin, we might be living to like 150 years old, my friend, with with the way technology is going. And my wife is like, I don't want to live that long. But listen, if I live that long, I want to be able to look back knowing and having no regrets for what I've done. And for me, that medium is helping other people. And for everyone, I think that really comes down to what what is fun for you? And how can you partake in those activities more and more and more because really life is just that life is an experience so what can you do to experience more fun yeah absolutely and brandon tell me uh if people want to get connected with you i know there are a number of ways to do that so what's the most effective way they can get that done The most effective way that you can follow me is through my YouTube channel. That's where I'm most active. You can go to YouTube, type in Brandon Eastman. I'll be the first guy, the the bald guy in the blue hoodie that's going to pop up. So just click that. That's my channel. The the number one way to get a hold of me if you want to chat with me would be to add me, connect with me on LinkedIn. Send me a connection request. We can have some conversations. We'll hop on Zoom. We'll talk about what your goals are. But if you want to chat with me, LinkedIn's the best way to do that. Otherwise, it'll be YouTube. Fantastic. You know, Brandon, I was looking forward to this conversation all weekend. Thank you for kicking off my week uh, on a positive note. I had a fascinating time talking to you about uh, strengthening mindset and achieving goals. So I want to thank you for your time, energy, and effort, uh, insights. It's most appreciated, Money. Right back at you, my friend. Thank you, Kevin. And, and I love all that you're doing. And I, I, I know that you'll keep it up. So thank you for that.